You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome back. It is the Wendy's Big Show, served up hot and fresh, live from the Lakeland University studios with online learning in seven locations throughout the state. Learn on your terms, lakeland.edu. All right, so it's going to be a fun show today. Now, we're going to have one guy on that uh, I've, I've never talked to, uh, never interviewed him before, but I think we got to get into this. Uh, coming up uh, here in about 15 minutes. And that's where we're going to talk with Josh Pate uh, on Twitter at Late Kick Josh. He's a national, covers uh, college football nationally for 24 7 sports and CBS Sports HQ, uh, host of the Late Kick YouTube uh, and Late Kick podcast as well, uh, about what's going on in college football because this is a disaster. And I, I really want to see how this whole Big 12 thing. With Oklahoma and Texas looking like they're leaving the Big 12, how does this affect the Big 10? Who could the Big 10 pick off? What does this mean for the Badgers competing? What does all this money floating around for all these uh, college and high school players mean for the Badgers? And uh, Josh Pate has been very passionate about this uh, uh, over the weekend uh, as this story broke with Oklahoma and Texas apparently headed to the SEC uh, that we wanted to get him on to talk about this. So he'll, he'll join us here coming up about quarter after two if you missed adam mccalvey earlier in the show we'll play him uh for you uh coming up at about 2 35 first segment of the show i, I want to get into a little bit not a, necessarily a topic per se because uh, i think we're going to do it as a topic tomorrow on the wendy's big show about christian yelich but earlier today sam schmitz wasn't in yet and i told the altas are producing for me the very first topic on the wendy's big show today was do you believe this brewers team is world series caliber if not, what's missing? And quite a few of you called in, and some of you tweeted, and the majority said Christian Yelich. That's what they're missing, is Christian Yelich. So I will ask you now, Sam Schmidt, since you weren't here, do you think this is a World Series caliber team, the Brewers, as is without any additions? And if not, what's missing? I do think they are World Series caliber, and I, I will say this. I've been saying this on Rami's show for the past couple of weeks is that they could add a bat. They couldn't. I think I would be okay if they didn't. I think they need to add a couple of middle relievers just to solidify the bullpen, especially if Devin Williams is going to continue to struggle with his shoulder. We'll see what happens when he returns from injury. But, yeah, I mean, kind of to the caller's points, I mean, 
getting a Christian Yelich back on track, not a MVP type caliber, but just somebody who has a very hot second half of the season is just as good as, you know, anybody you want to name for trying to trade, uh, acquire the trade deadline, whether it be a Joey Gallo, all these guys and stuff like that. So I do think that just getting Christian Yelich back on track and all these other guys back from injury with all that depth you have, plus the pitching and you shorten that rotation, the playoffs. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about Christian Yelich for a second. So he ruins his knee a couple of years ago. Then he's been dealing with back spasms uh, as well uh, to go along with everything else. How much confidence do you have, Sam Schmitz, that Christian Yelich will return back to MVP form at some point for the Milwaukee Brewers because he starts the first year of that huge max contract that he signed next year. It kicks in at about $26 million a year, I want to say, uh, going forward for the next several years starting next year. And if this is going to be the Christian Yelich, this is not going to be good for the Milwaukee Brewers paying that much money for a guy uh, hitting 250 or whatever it is. I would. I always believe that in MVP-type caliber players, I never doubt them and all that. But I, I, So I do believe that he eventually will return to form this second half of the season. I will say this. I'm looking at this weekend's series against the Atlanta Braves. If he doesn't have a big series in that, I would be surprised just based on how bad the Atlanta Braves pitching staff has been all season long. But no, I mean, I do think eventually he'll bring it around. I think I will say this too. I do think getting Lorenzo Cain back in that clubhouse will help him out a little bit. I know it kind of sounds a little weird, but I just think, you know, with this team back full and healthy, a good locker room and all that, if he just continues to stay in the lineup, stays healthy, I think that is kind of how you hopefully get him back on track. But I will say this, the, uh, the swings and misses and the, the lack of timing and all that, especially last night, those two at-bats where he had a, a chance to at least make an impact in the game, that's what you want to see, those opportunities. And he's still coming up short. He's still swinging. You know, his timing is terrible right now. So it's got to improve quickly, but I do have faith. The thing about this is is that in, we had Adam McKelvey on. You'll hear him coming up at the bottom of the hour. But it's not like he's not working. I mean, he's working with Andy Haynes. He's trying to get it figured out. Trust me, this isn't. This is not bothering you more than it's bothering him. So often we talk about, you know, fans care more than players after losses and they get more worked up than players do. And why aren't players more emotional? And it's always the same response, which is, dude, it's a long season, man. They play damn near virtually every day for six months. You can't get all worked up after a win or a loss where you carry it with you necessarily, you know, three, four days at a time, still bent out of shape because you lost a game. Uh, gave up a big hit, or you had an error. Like you have to forgive, you have to forget that stuff and move forward and get ready to play the next day. Well, with Christian Yelich now, let's see. Played April, stunk. Uh, played May, stunk. Uh, played June, stunk. Uh, and now we're in July, still stinks. So we're four of six months in, and I'm here to tell you, I get Craig Council. I really do. May not agree with them all the time, but I get them. Super loyal. And I think sometimes you can be loyal to a fault as a boss where you you love somebody so much and they've produced for you for so long at such a high level that even when things start going wrong, you just refuse to accept that maybe dude ain't the same guy anymore. Maybe you got to go find somebody else to replace guy. Maybe that dude's got to go into a different job responsibility or you have to move on from that guy or whatever the case may be. He cannot bat in the top three in this lineup anymore. This is stupid. He has no business being up there. 
And I heard Tim last night talk about this on the post-game show. And Jeff Orlovsky, God bless him, I busted out laughing. And I don't know if anybody else heard it. But he went to Orlovsky, and Jeff Orlovsky goes, I'd bat him 10. Wouldn't even be in my lineup at this point. And I started laughing out loud because I didn't expect him to say 10. It was funny. But there's no way he should be batting two guys. He's got no business or three. He has no business being in the top of that order. He should be batting six or seven. You should be. And when you figure it out, I'll move you back up. Like, get hot for a week. I'll move you back up. But he's not helping anything being up there. Because whoever's batting behind him doesn't even matter. Him batting behind somebody doesn't even matter. Part of the problem here is, is that he doesn't have anybody that puts the fear of God into a pitcher batting behind him. So that, that's part of it, right? So you can believe in uh, protecting players or not in a baseball lineup. I do. I know others don't, but I do. I'm one of them that believes it. I believe if I have Prince Fielder behind Christian Yelich, he's going to get better pitches. I believe if I have Ryan Braun behind Christian Yelich, he's going to get better pitches. Because you don't want to pitch to the next guy with runners on base or whatever the case may be. So you're going to try and get that guy out. When Christian Yelich is Christian Yelich, he doesn't need anybody behind him. He doesn't need that stuff. He's good. He'll be the protector to somebody in front of him. He doesn't need to have somebody to protect him. Right now, he needs that. And there's nobody in this lineup that can give it to him. Tyrone Taylor's playing well. Rowdy Telez is playing well. But don't be scared about either one of those two guys. Yeah, they're hot. Eh, whatever. Not scary. I'm just going to go at Christian Yelich because he's in a horrible funk. And that's the issue. So, again, if it's me, tomorrow, down you go. Enough is enough, dude. You, you've you given Yelich four months, four months to figure this out. Four of six months you've given him. We're a week away. Sunday is August 1st. That's the home stretch. It's a home stretch. Trade deadline's Friday at 3. August 1st is Sunday. Two months and you're in the postseason. You lead your division. I'm not letting him bat at the top of the order anymore. You're coming down to 6 or 7. That You're falling back. Uh, and we're going to try something else. And he just has to understand that. Like, sorry to make you mad. But I've given you four months, and you're not getting any better. It's not like Yelich had a bad month, and then he figured it out. That's not what it is. He's stunk for a while now. Paul and Muskego, you're up on Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. What's up, Paul? Hey, what's going on? I'm I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, who would you have hitting at the top of the order? Because Yelich isn't hitting for power, and he's not hitting for average, but at least he's getting on base. Yeah, his on base is like 382. Pretty, pretty perfect. Oh, 382. It was 400 a week ago. I'm not saying he's, he's an MVP form, but that's almost the perf, almost perfect for the number two spot. Yeah, Ty, Tyrone Taylor, for me, uh, is the guy that I'm going to put up there uh, until he cools off or, or comes back down to earth. I'm going to play Tyrone Taylor up there until he proves to me uh, that he doesn't belong up there. I mean, Colton Wong stays where he is. I think Willie Adama stays where he is. And I think Tyrone Taylor is that guy that now you move up to that two spot uh, and play there for the time being. And my apologies to Avi Garcia, but until Tyrone Taylor kind of cools off a little bit here because he had a big series, I'm going to play him up at two. 
And I go another another step farther. Narvaez in that cleanup spot, I'm fine with. I'm fine with Adamas uh, in the two spot. I have no issues there. I'm just going to play the hottest hitter, whoever that may be, of what's left, and I'll bat him behind Colton Wong. I mean, I, I, I see where it comes from. I just disagree. Even I say, even as, as bad as Yelich has been relative to what we expect, this guy's still getting on base almost four times out of ten. You know. Uh, Tyrone Taylor is a nice guy, but a nice player. But it's, you know. Let's see here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring up his game log here for you. In the month of July, Christian Yelich is hitting 209 with a 329 on base percentage in the month of July. He has a 299 slugging percentage and a 329 on base percentage. Still want him up there at two. Yeah, I do. I mean, we're, we're talking about the whole year. It's a 385 on base percentage, 382. So, 320. I mean, you're, you're, you're just going from series or from like week to week. I'm going July 1st to July 25th. He has a 329 on base percentage. No, I, I, yes, I understand. But I'm saying Tyrone Taylor. He's, it's not like he's got a long record of, of, of performing. Absolutely. At a high you're, you're absolutely correct. But it's this so isn't the same Christian Yelich that we've seen either. Thanks for the call. That's just it. This isn't the same dude. If this. If I saw any glimmer of this being the same dude, okay, I'll get down with you. His best month was April. That was his best month. 333 he hit for April with a 459 on base percentage. Then in May, he hit a buck 89 in the month of May with a 348 on base percentage. In June, he hit 241, and there's that 407 on base percentage. That's how that number climbed so quickly for his on-base percentage. And then in July, right back in the tank to 209 and 329 on-base percentage. I, you can't trust him up there. I mean, and your argument can be they have nobody better. Fine. That can be your argument, but I just don't see how you can continue to let him be up there if he's not doing the job. He has a sub-300 slugging percentage in the month of June, guys. At some point, you have to make a move just to see if it changes anything at this point. You don't know until you try. That's that's my point on it. You just don't know until you try. All right, coming up next, we're talking about this college football fiasco and try and figure out how uh, the Big Ten could benefit from this uh, and what it really means, uh, really, at the end of the day, uh, for college football. Josh Pate, uh, National College Football Analyst for 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports HQ, joins us next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in, Wendy's Big Show. Don't forget that comes up tomorrow morning from 10 till 2. Leroy Butler will be back with me tomorrow after I flew solo today. Gary Ellerson is off for the remainder of the week. Right now, Sparky's midday madness, like normal, from 2 until 3 each day. Rami Makhlouf comes up with the Rami Show from 3 until 6 this afternoon, except he's off, so Dan Plucker is the music chairs continue on our station. Normally, my executive producer is filling in for Rami this afternoon. He'll host from 3 until 6. Uh, joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is Josh Pate, of course, National College Football Analyst for 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports HQ. Thanks for coming on, Josh. Appreciate it. I First off, thank you for having me on. Secondly, in my world, People scheduled vacation this time of year, too. And then all of a sudden, the bomb got dropped in my world. And now you got people doing radio hits from beaches and web hits <laughs> from carnival. It's, it's, it is a sight, man. It's crazy. I can imagine. So, all right. So, did you see it coming? Did you see the Oklahoma-Texas SEC thing coming? Were, were, like, were you getting like, oh, boy, I'm, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that, and you knew? Uh, or did it literally come out of nowhere? No, no. If it's it came so out of nowhere that if you were to have had me on last week, or if I were to have gone on the biggest college football shows last week and said, I think Oklahoma and Texas are going to dominate SEC media day because I think they're going to go to the SEC. Uh, any host worth his salt would have immediately hung up on me. That's how crazy that sounds. But yet, just one week later, we're there. And listen, whether I knew about it or not, it's irrelevant to the fact that it seemed like even people as high as commissioner level in certain conferences also were blindsided by it which as you know is very hard to pull off this day and age no question uh and the thing that i guess i'm a little confused by josh and all this is like texas has more money than god like why would texas care essentially at this point what conference they're in it's not like they're you know they're all that in a bag of chips in football and are looking for a challenge well so if you put your mind in, or if you put your, yourself in the shoes, rather, of a lot of those Texas power brokers, they know what you just said is true, and they've prided themselves in that for a long time. And if you forget, they'll tell you how rich they are. But they've also looked around, and they're under the impression. Now, I happen to take some disagreement with this, but they're under the impression that being in the Big 12 has neutered their recruiting and has softened their program to a certain extent. Now, I would suggest they just look up the road in Norman, Oklahoma, where recruiting exactly. is surging. It hasn't fallen off, it's fallen off a bit, and they don't even have the advantage of residing in the state of Texas. But be that as it may, you ask for the reasoning. Well, the reasoning why they want to partner up with the SEC is because they saw Texas A&M make the move better part of a decade ago. Texas A&M's never been in a better situation as a program right now, but Texas A&M recruiting has also surged because it does matter when you wear that SEC sticker on your helmet. And so Texas, right or wrong, there are a lot of people associated with that program that believe that will solve the problem of inadequacy that they've had there for quite a while in the football field. By simply moving conferences. Okay, so they're going to go to the SEC, it appears, as of right now. What does that then mean for everybody else in the Big 12? Because I would assume there goes the conference, and these other conferences now will you know pick and choose who they want. Yeah, so it's ugly. 
I'm a, you know, I grew up in the SEC, diehard SEC guy, but I'm a college football guy first. Right. And, uh, the second I heard that headline, once you get past the shockwave of it, it really concerns me because I, I don't necessarily demonize Greg Sankey and the SEC for doing it. What, what has happened, for those of you who may be casual college football fans, you just watch on Saturday, but you don't really get involved with the day-to-day, there was a long time in this sport where we had some artificial checks and balances in place. It was called amateurism. Because of the, ga- the that thin veil of amateurism, even if we winked and nodded at each other and we understood, eh, it's really more athlete-student than student-athlete, even as we all accepted that, that amateurism was what stood in the way of just raw market forces taking over college football. But when NIL came along, it sort of eroded away that lasting veil of amateurism to where it just became a free open market. It kind of tore the dam down. And there are a lot of programs and a lot of conferences living downstream, which have lived peacefully for a long time, that are going to get drowned. And it's not happening over the span of a few years. As you see, it's happening over the span of a few 48-hour periods in some cases or a few days. I, I have no clue, unless you see some kind of West Coast merger, which I don't think it's in the best interest of the West Coast teams to do with the Big 12, unless you see that, I don't know how the Big 12 doesn't just cease to exist as we know it and perhaps even – you know, get bitten apart by conferences like the AAC. Now, you want something wild. Imagine me telling you a month ago what is known as a G5 conference is going to be picking off the remains of a Power 5 conference. That's something real that people are talking about behind the scenes right now. So what does it mean for the Big Ten then? Talking with Josh Payton, National College Football Analyst uh, at 24-7 Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Late Kick Josh, as he also does a podcast as well, Late Kick YouTube and Late Kick Podcast. What does this mean for the Big Ten? Because I've I've already seen stories saying, well, Iowa State seems a natural fit. Well, Kansas seems a natural fit. Kansas, their new head coach, is a guy that won championships at UW-Whitewater here in Wisconsin. So that would be kind of cool, I guess. And from a basketball standpoint, both of those programs uh, would help the Big Ten basketball-wise. It's really amazing how deep you get into the average conversation about this before the word basketball is even mentioned. I mean, mentioning secondary sports is just – it's so off the radar in the decision-making process right now, but you are right about that. But I'll tell you, it's a pivotal time for the Big Ten, and I think a lot of people up there, rightfully so, would say they're not in the best position leadership-wise to execute a lot of the moves that need to be made, but yet it is what it is right now. I'll tell you what I wish would happen. What I wish would happen is the understanding that as much as there is pride in the academic nature of the whole student-athlete experience up there, if we have done away with a lot of that veil of amateurism to begin with, and a lot of the future of this sport is going to be based a lot more on just raw football and business than it ever has been in the past, I think you have to explore some member institutions that otherwise you would not have explored in the past. And I'm talking about going up and down the eastern seaboard with current ACC programs to potentially all the way out on the west coast with some Pac-12 programs. I know there's a lot of pushback in that neck of the woods because I know the prioritization is different there than it is in my neck of the woods in the SEC. I just simply ask this, who is the competition? What are they capable of relative to what we're capable of? And how much of their capability over us is just because they choose to go about things differently? And if you don't want to go about it differently, that's fine, but you can't afford to swim in the same waters as they do for the next 20 years. How much longer can Notre Dame survive the way they are? I think they can survive, man. Now, granted, I'm on the other side of the coin than most people when they make this argument, but I'll tell you what could force it tomorrow. What could force their hand tomorrow is if all of what we would call, for the moment anyway, the Power Five conferences 
they can force Notre Dame into a conference tomorrow if they want to. But the way to look at this is why would the Big Ten participate in a vote that forces a conference affiliation for Notre Dame knowing they're not guaranteed to get them? For all the Big Ten knows, they could participate in that vote. And then the Notre Dame Fighting Irish go to the ACC, which benefits them at the behest of the Big Ten. So you're not going to get consensus, I don't think, on that vote. And Notre Dame, as it stands now, certainly is not volunteering to go to a conference. And the question becomes, what does out-of-conference scheduling look like in the era of the Super Conference? If you have so many teams in your conference that you don't even schedule out-of-conference games, that's where the biggest rub for Notre Dame could come. But other than that, I think they can be okay on their own. How does the paying of athletes affect teams uh, like Notre Dame or Northwestern or Wisconsin or some of these are Stanford or some of these other schools? Do you think they can compete with some of these other bigger schools? Because Notre Dame's playing for national championships. Wisconsin, not so much. Stanford, not so much. Or Northwestern. But Notre Dame is and has been in that conversation. Yeah, they are. And I think that one of the telltale signs that I was watching for with Notre Dame was how they handled the transfer portal. There are some programs out there. Clemson, for example, is a program that is just flat out said, we're not doing the transfer portal thing. Now, that's a decision. That's not implemented on them. That is a decision they made. I wondered, given the different academic standards at Notre Dame, if they would take a similar stance. Well, they didn't right off the bat. They took an offensive lineman from Marshall. And so I wonder, because it's an open-ended question you just asked. I don't know the end result of this, but I wonder if that may be a little telltale sign of how they're prepared to embrace this NIL era maybe a little bit more than a historian would be led to believe. He is Josh Pate. Very, very good stuff. National College football analyst at 24-7 Sports, CBS Sports HQ as well. Check out him on YouTube, Late Kick, and the Late Kick podcast as well. Josh, thanks so much for coming on. Follow him on Twitter at Late Kick Josh. Appreciate it, man. Look forward to getting you on during the football season. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Take care. There he is, Josh Pate, here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. That was a lot of fun. You know, I Plucker is over there. C- come over here for a second. I, I, I want to get Plucker's take on this before we go back to Adam McKelvey because I haven't really heard Dan Plucker's take, and Plucker is coming up, and he's going to be filling in uh, for Rami Makhlouf, uh today uh, from 3 until 6. Texas and Oklahoma look like they're headed for the SEC. We don't know what this means for the Big Ten one way or the other. Speculation is uh, Iowa State uh, and Kansas possibly coming to the Big Ten at some point. Josh Pate was very, very good there. Uh, what did you make of this? Because you're a huge, huge college sports Oh, yeah, guy. I love college sports. Right. I, I mean, we were going to talk about this today on the Rami Show, and then the whole Aaron Rodgers stuff happened, so that's kind of t- yeah. taken over everything. Mm-hmm. But honestly, this is an opportunity for the Big Ten to – Add some major programs, you know, and Oklahoma State is another team that's been rumored to the Big Ten as well. I don't see how had, they, had a uh, phone call there. Also, they, they've had a good football program over the last couple of seasons, which is something that Kansas can't say. That's where all the money is made. The only is thing I don't know, uh, now again, this is unfair. This probably could be said about Iowa State too. I just don't know academically, do they fit into what you know the they Big don't. Ten is? Yeah, they, that's my I think question. It's, it's called AAU accreditation, I believe, is right. what it's called, and I don't think Oklahoma State is Correct. accredited where Kansas and Iowa State are. both are. Correct. And so rumor has that the Big Ten won't be accepting schools that are not accredited by AAU, which I think is a mistake when it comes to the the revenue that they're missing out on. Because what's happening here 
And th- what this is a start of is super conferences in college football. Oh, we were already and there. We were at a power five. So now we're going to be at a super three. It's going to get even worse than that. Yeah. Now, at some point in the next 10, 15 years, there's going to be one college football conference that is just so far and beyond the rest. It's going to have like 20 to 30-ish teams, and it's going to be all the heavy hitters. It's going to be the Power Five teams that are at the top of the Power Five conferences. It's going to be the Michigans, Ohio States, Florida States, Alabamas of the world. It's basically going to be a cut above the rest, and then everybody else on the outside looking in with no hope. That's just what this is going to turn into. Because it's not good. Because for the average fan, as, it's not for good. the average fan, it's not good. For for those lesser programs, it's not good. And Wisconsin is probably a borderline program for for athletics. Like they're they're teetering right on that line of being in that group of thirty. To, I mean, 20 I to 30 know. best teams in, in college yeah, football. I don't know. I mean, I think if we compare where Wisconsin has been football-wise over the last 15 to 20 years, they're better than Michigan. I think if we compare basketball, but they're better than Michigan. It's not all about talent. It is about what is going to bring in money. And, oh, for and sure. So, From that standpoint, right. They don't have they don't have the tradition of being good in the 70s and 80s. Right. right. It, it, to me, that's moronic to say, well, they were good in the 80s, so let's go with them. Right. But but, but that is what it is. But, I don't disagree exactly. with you that Wisconsin will get screwed uh, and the hope will be maybe Michigan will be good before we die again. <laughs> I, and again, basketball, Juwan Howard turned it around. Football, I don't know. I, have no I don't idea. know if Jim Harbaugh ever will. But, but that's where we're heading. We're heading to yeah. a super conference in college football in the very near-ish yep. future. And it's it's going to be all and it's going to be bad for the sport because then there are going to be teams like UCF that go undefeated and obliterate everybody. And they're going to be like, well, why aren't we getting noticed? And we've this seen power? that already. Yeah, exactly. And and they, they already don't get respect. Yep. And that's going to get even even worse because the cream of the crop is only going to pick that those top schools and they're only going to what, pick champions from those top right, schools. What I would be interested in seeing is if that were to happen, like you're saying, and it could. So you have your top 20, they have their own playoffs, their own championship, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the schools all play for another championship, a whole right. other thing. I would be interested in seeing how TV ratings look side by side. Because the majority of the country will not have any play in those 20 schools. Mm-hmm. majority of the country will not care. We're not in your conference. We don't compete against you. Yeah. We don't care about you. But we do care about everybody else. Which one will have the higher TV numbers? Which one will have... Because the alumni of Alabama, like you said, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, they're gonna they're all over the freaking place. Right. I mean, they just multiply. So they're going to have big numbers. Mm-hmm. Can this other faction of college football compete with that? From a TV well, standpoint. And the thing is, too, know. is uh, when when we get to that point where there is a super conference in college football or in college sports, what's saying they have to stay involved with the NCAA? Nothing. That's, that's another thing. They can just get up it's, and do their own thing. So It'll be so easy for them to just say, at that point, especially if the NCAA isn't allowing them to pay their players, they're just going to be like, guys, we're going to leave and we're going to make a bunch of money and we're going to give the players everything that they want, money, yep. whatever else that they need, and we won't have a governing body that's going to be taking money from us and we'll yep. still make buttloads of money in the process. That's ex- and that is that is where we're headed I, in college I, sports. I believe you are correct. He is Dan Plucker. Catch him coming up today on the Rami Show at 3 o'clock. Coming up next, uh, we had a conversation with Adam McKelvey on the Wendy's Big Show. We meaning me because I hosted the show solo today. We'll play that back for you coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, The Fan. And we are live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years. Right there online, Lakeland. Dot E-D-U. Uh, and earlier today, we had a chance to talk with Adam McKelvey all the way back in the 10 o'clock hour, so it was quite a uh, long time ago. Uh, and just started off talking to Adam McKelvey about, you know, look, this Brewers offense, and they're in first place. They're 16 games over 500, and, you know, you're doing it with guys like Tyrone Taylor and Rowdy Tellez. And doing it, despite the fact that Christian Yelich really has been a no-show to this point. And in the beginning of the year, if you would have said that these guys would have been factors, you know, we would have said, yeah, no chance. But it's one of those years where guys that you don't expect to step up are stepping up. Yeah, well, that's the Doug Melvin theory, is that to, to be a really good team, to be a contender, you, you just absolutely need to have something really good come from somebody you had no idea was going to happen for. I mean... Obviously, in Brewers history, Niger Morgan is kind of the poster boy for that. Yep. Um, and, you know, who knows who it'll be in the end this year, but Tyrone Taylor is a contender because with uh, Lorenzo Cain battling all these leg issues and Jackie Bradley Jr. not hitting, Taylor has had an opportunity, and, and he's really capitalized on it. So credit him. Um, and, you know, who knows what the rest of the season looks like for him in terms of regular playing time with Cain coming back. But, I mean, Tyrone Taylor is now definitely a part of the Brewers' picture for the next however many years. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's fair at this point. We asked the question earlier before you came on, do you think this is a World Series caliber team? If not, what do they need? Uh, and it's not close. I mean, we only did it for 30 minutes, but it's not close. Everybody pretty much saying they need their left fielder back to being their left fielder uh, and being yeah. that MVP-type player in Christian Yelich and – I think really for the first time, people are starting to get frustrated. Uh, yeah, well, look, they're catching up then to the left fielder himself because, I mean, if anybody thinks that he's okay with this just because he's pretty chill out on the field, um, no, he's, he's not. He is steaming inside, and that can be part of the problem at times when players go through stuff like this. I mean, he is – we had our interview with him on the last homestand, and um, – you know, he, he just – he knows he's not – he doesn't look like himself up there. And he doesn't know the answer right now and is, is searching for it. I mean, Craig Council keeps arguing, he did again yesterday, that the guy is still an above-average player and he is still definitely helping them win games by being on base all the time, elite base running. Um, there is value in that. 
that's not what you paid $215 million for. But it's it's not as if he is killing them out there, I guess, is Craig Council's point. And look, numbers, the, the, the offensive statistics kind of back that up. If you look weighted runs created plus, if you look OP, I mean, there's a, Christian Yelich is an above average player, but he's not 2018, 2019 Christian Yelich, not even close. And everybody is scrambling really hard to figure out how do you get that guy back? And obviously there's no easy answers or they would have done it. You're right. And again, like you said, I mean, he's working. He's working with Andy Haynes or whatever else. I heard Tim Allen the other night on the postgame show over the weekend talk about the fact that maybe getting Bronny back in that clubhouse uh, with Yelich, maybe yeah. that helps uh, to get Yelich going too at some point. And maybe it does. Maybe. But Bron was just here uh, as well. He was just at the game the other night when he came in town for that Bucks game six. And when he was in town, he said, you know, he hasn't necessarily ruled out possibly uh, coming back. What's your sense on Braun playing or not? Well, I negotiated as hard as I've ever negotiated with him. Uh, I, I I negotiated hard with Ryan Braun to talk to us about where he stands than I did on either of the cars I've bought in my life. <laughs> and I came up empty because I'd love to hear what he has to say because you know it would be something compelling that would get everybody to talk and you leave us all scrambling to figure out what, he's, what he means. I, look, I think the guys are tired. I think he's retired. And I also think. Then file the papers. Quickly. What? Then file the retirement papers then. Then make no, it official. If you're no, done, file the papers. No. He's not going to do that to satisfy Sparky Pfeiffer on the radio. Well, no, I'm just, just saying no. if you're done, you're done, right? I mean, if you're not done, then you don't file them and you you kind of think about it. Because think about this. If he comes back in the middle of August, he just has to be on the roster by September 1st, right, to be playoff eligible. So yeah. if he comes back in the middle of August, that still gives him six weeks to be ready for the playoffs. He doesn't have to play every day. They really just need him for the clutch bat uh, that hopefully he can bring to him uh, in the postseason. He can play a little first if need be. He's more of an outfielder, obviously. Can be a huge pinch hit bat uh, in the postseason as well. I think morale-wise, he brings a little something-something when he walks back in that clubhouse, too, for the stretch run. Fresh legs. I, I just... I think it's perfect. He doesn't get a lot of wear and tear on his body, and then he can be done again if he wants after the postseason, and he gets fans on the way out, which he didn't get last year. Well, and the other thing is we've all seen him roll out of bed in spring training and start hitting 500. Yep. Yep. That's spring training. So he is the kind of guy who can do it quickly in his in his path. I just, I, I'm just telling you what I think personally because, yeah. look, I, I haven't talked to him now for quite a while. I think he's retired. I think he's really happy with his family. I think he lives in Malibu. He has like a dream life at this point. Um, I have no idea how much hitting he's doing. It's not that easy to go from like no baseball activity to all of a sudden playing Major League Baseball. I also think everybody has very quickly forgotten uh, the frustration when he would have the back stuff and he wouldn't be available and it would put him in kind of sure. roster crunch and they're remembering all the good. They're remembering, you know, home runs down the stretch in 08 and 11, and they're forgetting all those days where it was frustrating. Um, so I'm just telling you, my, I, I'm, I'm betting the no. We actually have a press box set. I, I'm betting the no. Um, others are betting the yes. So for me, it's, for me, it's for his back issues. He doesn't have to play every day. He can play three days a week for all I care. I don't. I don't really yeah. care how much he plays. I want him for the postseason. For me, it's about the playoffs because we know in big moments in the playoffs, we've seen what he can do. 
So we just now get just have to get him there healthy, get him his at bats that he needs to be ready and feeling comfortable, and then go. But again, who knows? Only Ryan Braun knows. All right. Well, the other thing I would say is if there were the DH in the National League this year, I would be definitely betting the yes hard. Really? Um, because then there would be an extra spot for a hit or two. But one thing, Craig Council pointed this out the other day as far as uh, how they're going to get Tyrone Taylor at bats once they get Lorenzo came back. They do have like nine or ten DH games on their of their remaining 62 games. Um, they've got three AL interleague series. So that's a little interesting, I guess. But eh, I, I, I wish I could tell you if I if I knew the answer, I would uh, definitely have be writing about it because it is pretty fascinating to have this franchise legend sitting out there keeping everybody guessing yeah Packers know that feeling um let's also Ah. let's also talk about uh, guys coming uh back from injury here Kane is probably the closest I'm guessing right yeah Tuesday that's good so that's tomorrow Uh, tomorrow night exactly I mean unless something happened that we don't know about yet yesterday in Nashville but he got two and a half weeks on rehab and they really are hopeful that those lower leg issues are behind him and, you know, look, he worked out in the offseason. Uh, he did not play last season, and it shows you how tough this, the grind of this game is. And this is a player who's 30-some years old and, uh, you know, relies on his legs and moving around, and, and he's not been able to do it this year. And you talk about frustration. He's also very high on the frustration list, and I would say very motivated to come in and make something of these remaining two months. So, I, to me, he's a big boost. Uh, talk about, you know, you're talking about Ryan Braun giving the clubhouse a boost. I don't know that there's a bigger clubhouse boost in baseball than getting Lorenzo Cain back in there in terms of what the other guys think about him and the way he carries himself and the way he plays in center field. So that's a big get um, because, like I said, Jackie Bradley is he's giving you the defense. He's come up with some hits lately, but he did. Yep. nothing like what the track record says, uh, he, you know, that you should have got from him this year. All right, I'm talking with Adam McKelvey, Brewers.com, MLB.com. Trade deadline's Friday, uh, 3 o'clock. How big of a deal do you think uh, this Brewers team's going to make? I, I got emailed uh, here from this bet online odds for, you know, all these big-name players, and the the one team that they have the Brewers favored to get uh, is Joey Gallo. They're third on Chris Bryant. They're third on Max Serzer. They're third on Trevor Story. So clearly the betters are, are thinking – uh, that the Brewers are going to do something significant here. What does Adam McKelvey think? I would bet based on David Stern's track record. Now, he got Mike Moustakis one year. That was a pretty big get. Yep. But David Stern's often gets these under-the-radar type acquisitions, and everybody on your radio program goes absolutely crazy because they got who the hell is Drew Pomerantz, failed prospect, failed starter. You know, well, this is ridiculous. And he ends up being one of the best gets of that deadline and really help them win every game in the second half so i predict i'm just going off the history i predicted something like that to me they have obvious needs in the bullpen after trading guys away to get willie adamas and rowdy Telez. um they have an obvious need for a right-handed hitting first baseman which just makes me think they're going to do something completely different and throw us all off track because that's what david stern always does he sure. always makes some move that you see it at first and you go, wait, that can't be right. And then it is the move and they move guys around and they make it work and they make the playoffs. So um, it is a really, really hard team to, to predict. But if I had to predict, I go multiple bullpen moves and right-handed hitting first baseman. Yeah, I don't, 
again. So that doesn't help you with Joey Gallo. No, because again, I I said this before you came on. Like, I don't want the catch the lightning in the bottle. I don't want, and again, Willie Thomas worked out, but I don't want the, well, look at his home and road splits. They're really good on the road. It'll be like Willie. I don't don't want to go through that. I want a proven guy that's going to come in. You put him in the middle of the order, and we go. Like, that's what I want. If we're talking about winning a damn World Series and having a parade like the Bucs did, that's what I want out of this. Bullpen arms are fine. If you want to add a bullpen arm, cool, fine with it. But this leads to my next question. Peralta, we're facing this innings thing with. So now we got him tandemed up with with Adrian Hauser. I'm not sure how long this is going to go. But is this a possibility where he ends up in the bullpen come the playoffs and they trade for a starter instead at the deadline? No, no. And Freddie Peralta's next start will be full go again. This was just a midseason breather. So so we're not going to see this again, you don't think? I don't think so, no. Oh, good. I, I, okay. You know, I, I do think when they get back into the long stretches of games, they'll go back to using Lauer as a sixth guy um, or Hauser, whoever you want to call it. But I think they'll use six guys and keep doing rest and then at some point you start to get into a five-man rotation. But, look, the whole idea with that is right now they have three of the top six qualified ERAs in baseball. Right. And that is exceptionally rare, especially exceptionally rare for the Brewers. The idea is to have those guys look like they do right now on October 4th or whatever it is. And if they do, the Brewers are an incredibly dangerous team in the postseason, regardless of – Christian Yelich, if he's an on-base guy or if he's back to slugging. So that's, that's the, that has dominated their thinking with the pitching staff. So, look, there is room to add a starter for sure because depth is always good, and they've never been afraid to trade uh, to bolster an area that's already a strength. So I, don't, I would definitely not rule out adding a starter, um, but, but I think those big three starters are the key to the whole thing for this team and how far they're able to go. He is Adam McKelvey. Follow him online on Twitter at Adam McKelvey. Adam, thanks so much, man. Enjoy all your stuff at Brewers.com, MLB.com. I wish you did more candy tweets, but other than that, I'm good. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that under consideration. There should be like a candy of the week or something. Oh, that's a good idea. There's it's like a lot of us that all the same candies over and over. Right, exactly. So everybody likes to try something new, and and you are are, are kind of all over that beat. So I. I'll give, say, you one on the, uh, I'll give you one on the road trip. I, w- I made a half nuts run last week, so I have some that I usually don't have. Oh, well, there you go. Perfect. Like, they do road eats. Eric Name does road eats or whatever on the Bucks when they go on the road. You could have something, something, some clever hashtag for your candy takes. I'll, I'll think, I'll, I'll come up with something. I'll yeah. start that this week. I like it. All right, very good. Take care. There's Adam McKelvey joined us uh, earlier on on the Schneider Orange Hotline during uh, the Wendy's Big Show, all of his great work, Brewers.com, uh, MLB.com. I'd love to tell you there's no more Aaron Rodgers news while that was going on, but I'm wrong. I'm wrong. There is more Aaron Rodgers news. This comes from Trey Wingo. I'll tell you what it is, but first got to take a quick break. Young Express Company, we talk about so much, is continuing to grow. We'd like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company. A company has been in business for over 30 years. Well, they're currently looking to add company straight truck drivers. You've heard me talk about what a great company this is to work for. Now go and apply online. This is what you need to have requirements to be a company straight truck driver at my guys, Young Express. Minimum one-year continuous straight truck driving experience. Familiarity with DOT regulations. Clean background and driving record. What are you going to expect? 40 to 55 hours per week, Monday through Friday. 
99% no-touch freight. Beautiful. All dock-to-dock. No home deliveries. Health insurance, 401k with company match and profit sharing. No truck jumping. Plus, you get a new truck every four years. Personal days and vacation days. Apply for the position at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express. Success drives them. Stay tuned. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers has a demand in order to show up at camp. According to one report, we'll tell you what it is next. All right, so apparently there's more than I even realized, because as soon as I turned the microphone off, immediately, Sam Schmitz and Amplucker said, ah, uh, you uh, did see Adam Schefter's stuff. Uh, apparently not. So this is what I've got. I've got Trey Wingo on Twitter about a half hour ago saying that he'll come to camp if the Green Bay Packers, he being Rodgers, will come to camp if the Packers trade for Randall Cobb to bring him back to Green Bay. If that happens, he'll come back. And he'll uh, be in camp with the Packers and so forth. So that's what I had on Trey Wingo. To that, I quote tweeted and said, this is really so stupid if this is true on Rodgers' part. They just drafted the younger version of the dude in Amari Rodgers. They just drafted that guy right there. So I'm going to have two of these short guys running around. Oh, my God. Uh, Okay, fine. So that was stupid. Again, I don't know if it's true, but that's Wingo. Trey Wingo, credited guy, right? Blue checkmark, all that fun stuff. Been around forever. He's got sources. Fine. I thought that was the dumbest thing I was going to hear. Okay, so now, Dan Plucker, what do you got from Adam Schefter? Plucker hosting for Rami coming up 3-6. So, Schefter says Packers are offering concessions and are close to an agreement that would bring Rodgers back to Green Bay for at least this season. He goes on to say that over the past weekend, the two sides were able to reach mutually agreed upon terms that are close to convincing Aaron Rodgers to abandon plans that he had to script to skip training camp and instead return for it. The concessions do not include more money. And in the most recent tweet, the new agreement, once finalized, would help set up Aaron Rodgers' departure from Green Bay after this season. So, so it is the last dance scenario, just like he alluded to on social media the other day. Like I brought up on our show like a month or so ago, and everybody told me I was crazy. This doesn't happen in the NFL like a last dance scenario like in Chicago with the Bulls. But, so, a couple things. One. Going back now to Silver's tweet earlier this morning, remember, formerly NFL Network saying maybe they lop off the last couple of years of his contract and he walks as a free agent and they get nothing in return. To which I said they should fire everybody. Murphy should be fired. Gunakun should be fired. Ball should be fired. They all should be fired. If this dude walks for nothing in return, all of them should be fired. Every one of them. I don't care if Murphy built the damn Packer district or whatever they call it. I don't care if Goody drafted Jordan Love. They're all gone. The only one I keep is LaFleur. Everybody else is gone. I bring in, um, who's the guy that's, um, I, I, can't, I can see him. The guy that's up there that's expected to replace Murphy. His uh, uncle ran the Niners. Oh my God, I can't think of his name. Sorry, I, I, I don't know ah! the annals of the Packers organization. <laughs> I gotta figure, I can't... Oh, what's his name? I can see him. I can see him standing in front of me. Brown hair. Uh, anyways, so that guy, if I can ever think of his name, he should move in to replace Murphy. Boom, there's your president. Let him hire a new GM, whoever that is, and move forward. There is no reason to let this happen. Now, if the terms of agreement here is, Rodgers goes, you trade me after the season, Super Bowl or not, and it's to one of these five teams. Done. Done. If, if that's what it is, good job. Good job by everybody involved. Like, good job by the Packers getting one year to buy Jordan Love time. Good. Good job by Rodgers not doing something stupid. Uh, so that's good. 
and everybody wins. You get to go to one of your five teams you want to go to. Packers get to have a bidding war and go to the five teams. If you're on this email, Aaron Rodgers wants to play for you. Highest offer wins. Let's go. That's how it plays at the, after the season's done. And that's it. So, you know, it's the Raiders, it's the Broncos, the Niners, whoever it is on the line, right? So mm-hmm. if the Niners want to offer up Trey Lance and whatever, fine. If the Broncos want to offer up 100 picks and a couple defensive players, fine. Highest bidder wins, and that's how this plays so out. So we have more from case. Schefter. He says the 2023 year in Aaron Rodgers' contract, the last one in his current deal, would be voided with no tags allowed in the future. So, so not one not year left. 22. So they would he would still have one year left. So they would trade. They would have to trade him with one year. Remaining. So the Packers would agree to review the Aaron Rodgers situation at the end of this season. Schefter says per sources. So basically, the last year is off. The, the contract it's done. So now he's got so one year left. He has after 2022. This year. So he would be the Packers would hypothetically speaking trade him. He'd have to play for that team for a year. But that screws no their trade team, leverage. No team can tag him. They can try to agree with a new contract with him, but no team can tag him, and he can go and do whatever he wants. So essentially, it would be a rental for one year. It's a one-year rental of one of the best players in the history of football. But you still screw the Packers' leverage. Not necessarily. Because you would have had him for two years with the ability to franchise tag him. So you could have had him for four years, legitimately, whoever trades for him. Now you get him for only one year, and if he doesn't want to be there inside an extension, he's out. So... You're not going to give up as much. But at the same time, if he's going to a, one of the organizations that he wants to go to, then, of course, they're going to have the leverage of saying, well, we know that Rodgers would stick with you long term. Like if, if he's going to San Francisco or one of these these teams where Rodgers has to say it's got to be one wants of these guys. to be right. I agree. And if I'm the Packers, it's like y'all need to work out an extension. They're not going to do this deal unless y'all work out an extension. So either you want to go to Denver and work out a deal here mm-hmm. or you're not going to Denver. I this puts the Packers in a bad situation. I, and again, so tell me, tell me this: if I'm Green Bay and mm-hmm. I say I'm not lopping off your final year, I'm not giving you this. What's your end game, Aaron? You're going to sit home. Sit home. We're playing. That's it. Done. Then sit home. I don't really care. Sit home. Retire. And I'm still going to trade you after the season, regardless if you sit home or not. Like I don't understand how did they, how did he win this deal? Like how did he? get leverage. That's what I don't understand. Like, there's no reason for him to have leverage. If the Packers suck with Jordan Love, you get a bunch of high draft picks, and you have the ability to still trade Aaron Rodgers to get more high draft picks. So, you're still in a situation where you come out on top. Now you're going, okay, well, we're going to play it out with Rodgers, cross our fingers, we can win a Super Bowl, right? Hope this works. Mm -hmm. Because y'all go and lose in the playoffs again, it's going to be like every other year. And then if you don't win the Super Bowl, now you're going to review, quote, the situation and see if Rodgers wants to stay or not. I rather would have just said, I'm trading you at the end of the year. Like, I don't, Super Bowl or not, I'm not changing your contract. I'll trade you, give me your teams, and you're gone at the end of the year. Go ahead and make it public. I don't care. But that's how this is playing out. I never would have agreed to what they agreed to. I mean, it's it's better than lopping off both ears, I guess. The- but but you, you really lost... As big of a bundle as you could have got for Rodgers, you minimize it now by doing that. And they may have done that, but at the same time, they know that this year they get Aaron Rodgers and they have a chance at winning a Super Bowl. And I don't think that that's the case with Jordan Love. Not this year. No. Well, and even next year, the year after that. Like, what they have with Aaron Rodgers, they're guaranteeing, at least for next season, 
that they'll have Devontae back because Devontae will come and play with Aaron for one more year. He's already said that he's not missing out for on any this month. year he's playing. Right, Correct. right. So I'm saying for this year. That, they can franchise tag him if they want. Right, but I'm saying for this year yeah. and this year alone, the dance. Packers know yeah. that they have a chance of winning a Super Bowl. Sure. And that apparently was enough for them to say that they would get rid of the last year of Aaron Rodgers' deal and maybe lose draft capital in the future because of it. Yeah, you're screwing yourself on the trade market. There ain't no question about that. You've done that good. All right. And now the Trey Wingle thing, we don't know. Schefter hasn't said yeah. anything about the Randall Cobb. Well, and maybe that's part of these concessions right. or whatever. It's right. you get me Randall Cobb and sure. take off the last year and, of my contract and I'll come back. And if I have Randall Cobb and I'm a GM and I see that tweet by Trey Wingo, hmm, I think I want like a second. I'm thinking a second would be good. Because if you don't give it to me, it doesn't look like Aaron's coming. So how about a second round pick for Randall Cobb, which is highway robbery. But it looks like you have to give Randall Cobb based on what I saw, so you're going to give me a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not buying it 100%, but we'll see, I guess, when when this thing all unfolds. There's still so much out there in question. I have no idea what's going on. Like, so sick of this. I, I was just telling you, Sparky, I don't know what I'm doing in the first hour of my show here. Like, I'm talking about this, but I don't know what I'm going to talk about because, like, this is, this is crazy. Like, I don't know what's coming next. I, you can't predict what's coming next because nobody knows what's going on and neither side is willing to say anything about it just like it's been for the last three months. So it's incredibly frustrating to all of us because we wish we could bring the best takes and be right every single time with all of this stuff, but it's impossible to do that with what's happening right now. Literally David Dunn representing Carson Palmer. He retired. They had Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton played. They traded him at the trade deadline, right? So let Aaron Rodgers retire, trade him at the draft next year and be done with it. That that's all that would have had to happen here. Fine. We'll see. See what happens. I hope they win a Super Bowl. I do because then if you think he had leverage before, if he wins a Super Bowl, you match how much leverage he's going to have that have at that point. Uh, way too if much. he wins a Super Bowl, oh my god! Again, okay. Coming up next, he is Dan Plucker. He has no idea what he's talking about. Do you have any guests coming up? Uh, yeah, Andy Herman from the Pack a Day podcast will join us at four thirty. Very good. He had a funny tweet earlier about uh, Aaron Rodgers is definitely not coming back about being dead officially at like eleven fifty this morning or whatever. <laughs> Uh, when the Trey Wingo tweet, which, by the way, happened to come out after uh, the shareholder meeting ended. That's when it came out that it looked like he's going to play. Right, It ended, and boom, there came the tweet. So they clearly, they, meaning Rogers Camp, didn't want Wingo putting this out. Not Wingo. Rappaport. Rappaport putting it out there until after they were squirming at the shareholders meeting. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Now you can put it out there, and we'll let him off the hook. So mad at Aaron Rodgers. All right, take a quick time. I'll come back. Uh, Dan Plucker up next, filling in for Rami Makhlouf here on 1250 AM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.